Ho, ho, ho. The following podcast contains spoilers and is very f***ing jolly. We watch it. Hey, do you do you want to do you want to kick the episode off this week, mate? Do it, fucking do it. You've got a martini and you do it. Hello, beautiful <laughs> listeners. Welcome to We Watched a Thing. You're with me, Dave, and you're with him, Billy. Nice, you did it, mate. <laughs> First introduction, fucking nailed it. I know. Well, I wouldn't go that far. We've got a, a, a fantastic episode. Um, or oh, as always, a bit of a change of pace. Um, we're not talking about one thing. We're talking about ten things. That's right. Well, potentially ten. There might be double ups. <laughs> We're talking top five Christmas movies. Yes. In like 260 episodes, this is going to be the the first kind of not really... We didn't really watch anything this week, mate. (laughs) (laughs) We we lied on the label. (laughs) (laughs) But that's right. We're a week into December, mate. I've been cracking through my beer advent calendar. (laughs) (laughs) You, you'll get a you'll get a kick out of this one. Oh, perfect! Yes, yes, that's right. It, it is a that could, that could be the episode picture. <laughs> it, it is a can modelled off the poster to Love Actually. It's called Hop Actually, a film which I don't know if it'll make your list. I know that I'm so intrigued to know if we double up on anything. <laughs> Me too. I know, I know we're not going to have a lot of double. Ups I, I know we have at least one. I'm quirky as fuck. So, <laughs> well, let's get into it then. Do you do you want to kick us off, mate? And to keep things interesting. Instead of just numbering these one through five in the traditional sense, I reckon we go the closer you get to Christmas. So, like, your number five is something you'd watch at the start of December. Number one is your Christmas Eve, Christmas Day movie. What do you reckon? Yep. So, so number five is the one I will watch first as we progress through this month. Yep. And number one will be the one that's last. Yep. Let's yeah, do yeah. it. Ironically, just having a quick glance, I don't think that is going to be any different than if I was going in order of preference. Really? Wow. I think, I think so yeah, you, my number one is my favourite of these, all the way down to five, still being a beloved film, but, yeah, weirdly, I do go through them in order of ascension in terms of how much I love them. All right, let's get into it, mate. Fucking hell, look at that. <laughs> all right, I'll kick it off. So, number five for me, which I watch almost every year. Yeah. It's the only one I, I, I probably don't watch every year. Oh, no, I tell a lie. It's the two, two of them that I don't necessarily watch every year. But um, I love this film. It's hugely underseen and underappreciated. It's one of my favourite comedies of all time. And it's directed by um, a fella who left us far too early. Is responsible for such wonderful films as Blow with Johnny Depp and uh, th- this film, my f- fifth favourite and fifth chronologically seen Christmas film, The Ref. Right. With Dennis Leary, Judy Davis, Kevin Spacey, although we don't talk about him too much these days. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a fairly black comedy and Dennis Leary is a, a, a burglar and on Christmas Eve, is caught in this sort of begated, uber-rich community with all the cops after him and ends up taking um, Kevin Spacey hostage along with his wife, Judy Davis, and holding them in their house until the sort of police attention dies down. He's been 
caught on camera because of this bizarro bullshit homemade <laughs> security system where he gets sprayed in the face with dog urine and, <laughs> and, and caught on camera and sort of has to lie low. I've never heard of this one. And the problem being, of course, it's Christmas Eve, so uh, Spacey and, and, and Davis have his mother and brother and her wife, uh, sorry, his wife and their kids all coming around for dinner and they have to sort of come up with a story as to why he's there and why and sort of carry on Christmas dinner without <laughs> raising alarms. It is hysterically funny. It's uh, I don't have a huge amount of time for Dennis Leary because he's a horrendous joke thief who stole from his <laughs> mate Bill Hicks. And, and, I dig Leary. <laughs> I, I, dig Le- I, I dug Leary. Uh, I, I like No Cure for Cancer. Yeah, and yeah. When the arsehole when I, when I sort classic. Of came across... Ha- ha- how much he'd stolen word for word from Bill Hicks yeah, right. before Bill Hicks died. Uh, I sort of lost a lot of uh, time for him, but he is wonderful in this. He's so acerbic and, and cynical. And to add insult to injury, he's trying to hold these guys hostage. Um, Spacey and, and Davis are going through a just pre-divorce fight <laughs> and he he ends up hence the name of the movie the ref he ends up spending more time keeping them from each other's throats than he does holding them hostage <laughs> it is hilariously funny that is um my number five what? i watch it most years but it, it's only sort of semi-recently sort of be fallen into my i guess christmas you know yeah uh, tradition what what um, what year is this from 94. Wow, I've never heard of this film. I'm going to have to throw this one on. It's it it is you will love. Yeah, it. nice. Watch it with new skits. It's so funny. Nice. So over to you for your well, five. I knew we wouldn't cross over on everyone. No, my number 5 is also a comedy and I'm going to cheat because it's not a movie. It's an episode of a TV show. That's right. I'm, I'm going That's all right. I've got a <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'm going to a Christmas special. And this is one that I have watched every Christmas of my life since God, it it's not must, the Star Wars one. No, must have been 1998. <laughs> I must have been nine or so when this one aired, and I've watched it every Christmas since, to the point where it's become like one of Noosk's tradition too. We, we have this thing in our family called Turkey Day, completely unrelated to Thanksgiving, but sometimes it's the first weekend of December, whatever. It's the day we put the tree up, and I roast a turkey, and we all sit down. We watch a Christmas movie with the kids, and then Noosk and I will watch this every year. It is Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it is surprisingly poignant. It is hilarious. It's 10 songs in 22 minutes. And you get some classics in there, like Mr. Hankey doing Carol of the Bells, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs. But then you've got all the originals as well, of course. Like the Mr. Hankey songs that opened it is just chef's kiss. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming you've seen this at some point, right? God, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I compose myself. Um, I don't know if I've seen. Oh man, this. I I, I obviously know Mr. Hanky. Yeah. Um, I was one of the few who watched the very first airing of South Park in Australia yeah. when the Mr. Hanky episode. And uh, me and I think it was maybe one or two friends were in at uni the next day uh, going, oh, my God, did you see the <laughs> yeah. talking shit thing? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like, it was life-changing stuff. Yes. Um, but I, I don't 
think I've seen a, oh. a Christmas special. Oh, man, it's brilliant. It's from C- Obviously, Mr. Hankey is the spirit of Christmas. Uh, well, absolutely, yes. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've not, not seen a special. Yeah, yeah. So the Mr. Hankey Christmas episode was in season one, and we sometimes throw that on after this. But season three- uh, there's a Christmas special called Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics, and it's, ju- it's just back-to-back songs. It's 10 songs hosted by Mr. Hankey sitting in a, you know, a, like a leather chair near the fireplace. Like, well, that's oh, sure oh, as well. so into this. <laughs> and it's just so, I mean, you have, uh, you have them all singing dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Um, as a round. I made you out of clay. Yes, yes. And then Cartman, of course, comes in. I made you out of clay, but I'm not going to play with it because Dreidel's fucking gay. <laughs> like, it is absolute class. You, you have to check it out. We watch it every single oh, year. I'm, I'm so there. Um, I'm, I'm a huge... I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Trey Parker Matt so Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, I love yeah. all this. I, I think Trey Parker I is love one of the their musical stuff. Obviously, um, Book of Mormons. Oh, yeah. You know... Yeah, billions, billion, whatever. But um, I've got Blu-rays of yeah. Cannibal, Cannibal, the musical, yes, same, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, South Park, Big Longer Uncut. Yeah, they have a. Oh. a I mean, they, mainly Trey. Yes. Uh, I think is, yes. is is the songwriter, but such a knack for creating comedic songs yeah. that have a that have genuine musical yeah. oh, definitely. talent yeah. behind them. Well, he's clearly and that's what makes them work. He's clearly such a fan of musicals. Like I, I'm sure that you know this before they met. At Boulder Film School, Trey was actually studying music. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do. And that. so he's he's such a brilliant songwriter. So you've got to check it out. It's a lot of fun. And honestly, oh, at, I'm so at the end of the so episode so when Mr. Hanky sings "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," both Noose and I tear up every year. <laughs> <laughs> He, he jumps up and he slides down the ham, leaving a little poo smear. But it's, um, it's fantastic. You've got to check it out. So that is my number five. So let's get over to you. Uh, Your number four Christmas film. Fuck me. This is going to be a change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number four has only recently entered my Christmas watching tradition. And... This will tell listeners probably more than they need to know about me. It is unequivocally the blackest comedy I have ever seen in my life. Do you remember, uh, well, you would obviously, um, Taika Waititi did a little film called Jojo Rabbit yep, that yep. Uh, was a, a bit of a minor masterpiece. And there was a little fellow in that. His mum has written and directed one film. Right. A Christmas film, it's I a, take it. It's a Christmas film. <laughs> It's a lovely film by the name of Silent Night. Silent oh, Night? Doesn't it sound nice? Um, got Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley, Good. you say? Kira Knightley, Matthew Good. That's not um, a small film. Uh, it is not, no. It, or, um, yeah, Kira Knightley, Matthew Good, and weirdly enough, all three of her sons. It, it concerns uh, Nell and, and her husband Simon, Kira Knightley and, and Matthew Good. And they've got all their friends and family coming around Christmas Eve, Christmas dinner. Roman Griffin Davis. Fuck it. That's his name. <laughs> and uh, his brother's something and something Griffin Davis. Um, well, they've never been anything. Yeah, he was yeah, a fuck, yeah. But um, he, was in, he was Jojo. So, that he, you know, we get to know his name. Um, they, they, they play the kids. And fuck it. <laughs> if you want to see this, and I highly recommend you do, listeners... Maybe click ahead two, three minutes now 
so you don't get spoiled because I'm about to spoil the fuck out of it <laughs> okay. for All Billy's right, sake. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, because Billy's a, a film nut and he'll watch it anyway. Yeah, I don't care. Spoilers right, mean so nothing to me. Spoilers be. starting now. Three, two, okay. one, boom. All right. So the world is coming to an end. Shit. The Russians have launched a chemical weapon. Double shit. That is going to, uh, the gas-based thing, it's going to wipe out all life on Earth. Ripple the shit. scientists have said we can't fucking fix it. Um, the British government have issued these suicide pills to the entire population so they can take them and die, <laughs> you know, peacefully in their sleep rather than <laughs> rotting and, and dying from this horrible gas. They're all aware of this and they're coming together for this Christmas dinner <laughs> to sort of say farewell to one another before they take the, the suicide pill. <laughs> and the it, it's like a Neil Simon play. Yeah. The, the verbal interplay between these family members, now that they know that the cuffs are off. There's no tomorrow. They can say whatever the fuck they want. Yep. <laughs> it is amazing. And there are all these jokes all the way through it, like the kids saying, you know, fuck and cunt and stuff. Yep. And the parents going, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's and no the end of the world. What are we going to do to you? <laughs> it is hilariously funny. But it is incredibly black. Yeah, right. And the ending of it is real, almost gut wrenching. Yeah, it's. Uh, we talked about this a bit with the menu, where you've got moments of hilarity yeah. and moments of this in, in, in intensely dark drama, yeah. um, very close together. This is, and it, it's astonishing to me that um, uh, Camille Griffin who is the mother of Jojo Rabbit, who wrote and directed this thing. Yep. God knows how she got the caliber of stars in it that she did because, it, I mean, it's it's not just Kieran Knightley. It's not just um, Matthew Good. There's Annabelle Wallace. There's um, Lily Rose Depp. There's, wow. It, it, it's all like name name play. Every, everyone in it pretty much. Lucy Punch is in it. Oh, yeah, uh, right. Memory. Um, there's a lot of faces you'll recognize. Yeah. They're all amazing, and it's this first-time writer-director, yeah, and yeah. It, is a, it, it is so good. Not a lot of people liked it because it's as black as fuck, <laughs> um, and for, especially because it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. It, the whole thing is centered. I mean, it's called Silent Night. It's centered on Christmas Eve. The whole thing is about the Christmas dinner, yep. but it's just slapped with this black wash of yeah despair and and- it, it, and and I don't think a lot of people took to it. Wow. I thought it was amazing. I, I've I never heard of it, it, but that sounds like my kind of movie for sure. That sounds like the it's, kind of thing I'm going to enjoy. It's definitely a worth a look. Yeah. Don't uh, don't accidentally put it on thinking it's called Silent Night. It's a Christmas <laughs> movie. We'll watch it as a family because it will end your family. Weirdly, ninety percent of people going into this cold. Yeah. Would hate it. Yeah. Yeah. But ten percent of people oh. going to this cold would think it was the best. You know movie what? In, in Christmas movies, though, I think I, I think dark Christmas movies work tremendously well. There's something about that juxtaposition of the season, and even some of the classic Christmas movies. You watch them back now; they're dark as fuck. I rewatched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street the other day. Not on my list. Not sure if it's on yours, but. It's not the happiest movie, realistically. It's doesn't Santa go to fucking jail in there? <laughs> yes, yes. I get that. And- I get that mixed up a little bit with um. I think it's called a Christmas Story, where the kid wants, wants a, a fucking gun, gun yeah, for yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. or even <laughs> the, the most American thing in the world. The kid wants a gun for Christmas, and yeah. then Santa gives yeah. it to him. I mean, even there's um, a movie which I won't mention because it may enter 
at least one of our lists, which effectively revolves around suicide. And that, like, that's Christmas movies for you. I think there's something beautiful yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, in order for the, you know, quote unquote Christmas spirit portion of the Christmas movie to work, yeah. there has to be a down. There, there needs to be some sort of redemption arc because yeah. otherwise there's no point to it. Yeah. It needs yeah. to have weight. Yeah. And I won't mention it yet because <laughs> it may pop up, but there are certain films that are viewed as Christmas films that I may or may not love as a movie. Yeah. But that to me are not fucking Christmas movies, regardless of whether Topher thinks they are or not. <laughs> because they don't revolve around the spirit Christmas. of Christmas. Yeah. Just taking place at Christmas yeah. does not make I, it a fucking I get Christmas you. movie. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All well, right. Here we go. My my number four then, speaking of a of a you know, kind of redemption art. This is one of the great ones uh, from a kid who starts as quote unquote a little jerk. Um, it's, you know, it's, everybody knows this film. I'm not going to talk about it for long. It's Home Alone. Um, oh, fucking wow. John Hughes okay. classic. Like I said, Turkey Day every year. We watch a movie with the kids and then news. Can I throw in Mr. Hakey's Christmas classics? Home Alone mm. is the movie we've thrown on the last three years with the kids. And I think it is a near perfect Christmas film. Macaulay Culkin is actually great in this film for a child actor. And I think it really nails that whole spirit of Christmas thing. It's hilarious. It's one of those films where for the first half, you could think it's just set at Christmas, but it's about the hijinks. But by the end, it really brings up that heart to it. And I really enjoy this film. World's worst parents. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Topher and I did this on the show two Christmases ago, three Christmases ago. We did one and then we did number two for the patrons as well. Those parents are terrible. They're very, very bad. <laughs> they want holidays. They forget a kid. They should be in fucking jail. <laughs> I mean, in their defence, that is a lot of kids. That's, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, put the dick down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, at some point, but you can't trust a kid to count kids. That's a that's a problem. And to, he is a sociopath, so yeah. they may well have left him behind a purpose. Well, absolutely. Um, I don't want to get. I, I, I've never seen face. the sequel. Oh, you've never um, seen I'm number two. Yeah, no, full disclosure. I'm not a huge Home Alone fan. Right. Yeah, wow. I find, I find, and no discredit to his performance because he is great in it, but I hate Macaulay Culkin in this movie. I mean, that, that's, Fucking that's fair. I find yeah. him appalling. Yeah. Um, I, my sympathies are entirely with what are they called? The fucking wet bandits or <laughs> yeah, soggy yeah, bandits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wet bandits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my sympathies are, are entirely with them. Yeah, I mean they're robbing, sure, but <laughs> other than that, they're not fucking bad guys. And Jesus Christ, they go through the nine circles of hell. Oh, they really do. <laughs> they really, really do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, over to you for your number three, then. All right, number three. God, I love this fucking movie. <laughs> what comes to mind when I say the following words to you? Christmas zombie musical. Oh, it's Anna and the Apocalypse. i got to tell you Anna something, mate. Anna and the Apocalypse. I'd never seen this movie before. I watched it the other night for the first time. I, I didn't love it. Oh, <laughs> oh you're killing I, me. I didn't love this film. Like, it, yeah, it, it had, I, and I, I went in knowing that you love it. I kind of threw it on because I'd heard you mention before how much you enjoyed it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for something to watch, you know, because I'm in that Christmas season where you just watch anything related to Christmas. Just before it, I'd watched a, a horror movie called You Better Watch Out, which you might have seen. It's oh, kind of a home invasion no. film with a bit of a twist on it. 
Um, okay. And that was quite enjoyable. And then I threw this on and I was like, you know what? I don't love this. <laughs> I'm very sorry to say. But you, please, See, please, you become, tell me what you love about it. <laughs> well, this probably tells you all you need to know about my kids. This is our Christmas family thing. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, the soundtrack lives in our car. Yep. It gets put on almost every day. <laughs> um, I, no, I love everything about it. I love the fact it's set in Scotland because, like, heritage-wise, Scotland, you know, resonates with me. Um, I love that it's a musical. I love that it's got zombies. I love the comedy in it. The songs are so good. Just the idea that it's a musical with zombies, I love. Yeah. There's not enough of those. Yeah. I love the backstory of it where um, Ryan McHenry had uh, this this 20-something-year-old Scottish guy had written this thing called Zombie the Musical. It was a sta- I think it was a stage thing. Yeah. And wanted to make get it made as a movie and then died at the age of 20-something. Jesus, that's tragic and, as fuck. Um, the, it, it got sort of picked up and it became this labour of love um, for Alan McDonald. Yeah. And uh, later the director, John McPhail. And even the cast, I've seen sort of the behind the scenes and the making of stuff and that they were all sort of doing it for Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that, I love all of that part of yeah. it. Even apart from that, the, the horror nut in me loves the idea of a Christmas musical that has zombies in it yep. and, and takes place during a zombie apocalypse. So uh, it, everything about it resonates with me. I know most people, even sort of horror fans or musical fans, sort of go, oh, yeah, it's it's sort of three out of five. It's quite good. I quite like it. Um, but everything about it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, ju- I just adore it. And I love the fact that it's a horror thing that I can watch with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though, I mean, my kids are – one, my, my younger daughter in particular, I mean, she's watched Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> she, she's working her way through Stranger Things and she's 10. So, yeah. Um, yeah. My my kids are kind of in uh, resonate with this stuff anyway, but no, Anna and the Apocalypse I really love. I've become a a, a big fan of Ella Hunt off the back of it, yep. and uh, have since she, she's moved on, um, thankfully to to bigger and better things, and is now in large scale British and, yeah. and American things. Yep. You've got Paul Kay in there who I've liked for many many years. Um, people would know him from. Um, being Thoris of Mir in Game of Thrones. Yep. Um, Mark Benton, also a, a, a great British actor. Um, it's, yeah, it's just wonderful. I love it. It was one of those movies for me where I kind of felt bad not enjoying it because there's nothing – it's not a bad movie by any stretch. And like you say, there's lots of great things about it. I did find most of the songs catchy. I did enjoy all the acting. But I just overall couldn't get into it, and I couldn't really put my finger on why. And you're, you're with most people are, are, are with you. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone's been negative about it. Yeah, yeah. It's generally well reviewed, yeah. but very few people seem to really love it. Yeah. I think it just it, it just weirdly struck a chord with me the way Hamilton did with some people, <laughs> yeah. and I think Hamilton's as fucking mediocre as the day is long. Oh, I, man, they're just fighting words. <laughs> Billy, I've tried to watch Hamilton twice, and I've still never finished. You know what the problem is? Watching it. 
the Disney Plus thing gave me the shit. So I think when we reviewed that, I gave it a really low score. But just listening to the soundtrack from start to finish, that's no, that's no, the, the way to do it. It's fucking boring oh. shit. It's just fucking terrible. Jesus. Who have There's I invited two songs in this it. show? Two songs that I can sit through. One of them is the fucking room where it happened one. Oh. And I can't even remember what the other one is. Jesus. The rest of it, I fucking skip through. Who are- the kids all oh. love it. They want to put it on. I fucking... Uh, we've each... Me and the kids, we, we all get five vetoes. Fuck. And it's one of my five vetoes in the car. I don't want to have to listen to Who it. Who have I let onto this program? I'm going to have people adding me on Twitter saying, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you and fucking Danger, Danger and Daniel from fucking Movie Journey can all get together and listen to the fucking Hamilton soundtrack and I'll just- That sounds like a party. I'm good. keen for that. <laughs> right. Let's get over to my number three. This yep. is a bit of a weird one. Um, are you a Terry Pratchett fan at all, Dave? Oh, God, yeah. So are you Who f- isn't? I know where you're are going. Are you familiar Pick. with the Discworld story Hogfather? Oh, bring it are on. Are you familiar with the fact that there was a miniseries made of Hogfather and that it fucking slaps? <laughs> Does it not have... Um, oh, my God, I'm going to forget his name. It's uh, Only Fools and Horses. Uh, fucking after, after all hours. <laughs> oh! God, you go. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> it's got... <laughs> who, who I know in it is Michelle Dockery from um, from uh, Downton Abbey, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, but Of course you are. <laughs> yeah, British royalty. It's got David Jason, Mark Warren, David Warner, David Tony Jason. Robinson. Thank you. Um, Nigel Planer is in it, who, of course, narrated most of the Discworld audiobooks. And it is... Exceptional, like it's long. It's a mini series, as it should be, yeah. because it captures this whole story. Mm. The great thing about it is, though, that you don't have to be familiar with the Discworld series at all, really, to enjoy it. It's just a really no, well. That's the ca- that, that's the case with all oh, Discworld adaptations. Yes, they all stand yeah. alone. The recent uh, God, what's his name from Coupling? Uh, did the um, post whatever one. Um, and it's completely standalone. You don't need yeah. to have a back. You don't need to have read thirty bloody books yeah, beforehand. Yeah. You can jump straight in. They're all like that. Yeah, it's just this really fun kind of alternative Christmas movie where, it, because of course, it's not actually about Christmas because it's this fantasy world and it it involves death instead of Santa and all of these <laughs> really weird kind of plot beats. There's this whole story with the Tooth Fairy, which is completely out of left field. But it just, it has, like you were saying before about what makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie, it has that feel about it. And it kind of captures the spirit of Christmas in that classic Terry Pratchett way that is so off the wall and so much fun. And it's really well put together. Like for a Sky miniseries, it's actually really well produced. And it's just a lot of fun at Christmas time. We watch it nearly every year now. Yeah, no, I'm a huge Pratchett fan. Um, I haven't read nearly as many of his 50,000 books as I would have liked, but um, <laughs> his sensibility really sort of speaks to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. E- even collaborative stuff like Good Omens. Oh, I mean, because Neil um, Gaiman is also a fucking legend. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, Hogfather. I, I, Hogfather didn't even cross my radar when I was putting this together, or it may well have made my five. Yeah. So. We, we possibly would have crossed over on that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, absolutely a, a phenomenal pick. Well, here we go. Up to your number two and still no crossovers My number yet. two. And this is where I, I play my cheat card a little bit um, because 
this is not a f- movie. Yep. Um, I'm tentatively calling it a telly movie, but it's really a Christmas special of a TV show. So, <laughs> um, so Boxing Day every year in in the UK in particular, but also in Australia for and around the world for fans of a particular TV show is a very special time because it's when the the Christmas special uh, gets aired. Of Doctor Who, indeed. Ah. And in in 2010, they outdid themselves with an adaptation of the Christmas story, i.e. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, that had the inimitable Michael Gambon in the Scrooge role. Um, It was during the tenure of my favourite doctor, um, Matt Smith. Yeah, most people's favourite doctor. (laughs) You usurped that position from Tom Baker, who was the doctor for like eight years when I was growing up. Yeah. But Matt Smith was so fucking incredible in that role, he rocketed to number one. Um, It's also during the tenure of some of my favourite companions, Amy and Rory, and it is the best adaptation of A Christmas Carol I've ever seen. Yeah. Interesting. It's, It's the... First time I've cried. Wow! In a TV episode <laughs> since the since I uh, the, prior to that since I'd watched Goodbye for Will and Army in the final <laughs> episode of Mac. Wow! Um, it's it, it is wonderful. Wow! Um, in broad terms, the the Amy and Rory are stuck on this shuttle spacecraft that's caught in a storm above this planet and is going to be torn to shreds and and they're going to die within the hour. The doctor is down on the planet, works, discovers that the storm is artificially constructed as a protective layer around the planet. Um, And the only one that can turn it off is this uber rich uh, head of a a corporation um, played by Michael Gambon. And, after confronting him, learns he's a complete cunt and he just wants everyone to die because he hates everyone. So proceeds to go back using the obviously the TARDIS to go back through this guy's life yep. from the, him as a young boy and revisits him every year on Christmas Eve, trying to change his persona. He he, he discovers why he's so bitter, and then through the course of his life tries to change him so that in the present he becomes the sort of person that would want to turn off the storm to save a bunch of strangers in a shuttle rather than the bitter old man who goes, I don't know them, (laughs) couldn't give a crap, it's not worth my time (laughs) to switch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's a a wonderful kind of science fictionization of the story, but all the important points of the Christmas Carol tale are still there. It still has all the fields of Christmas, even down to the magic of snow and all these things. <laughs> um, it's it's truly wonderful. Wow. And even for non-Doctor Who fans, I would encourage anyone to seek it out. I think if you if you jump around in whatever platform Doctor Who lives on in your part of the world, um, I think in Australia it's on Stan at the moment, but it's uh, at least for the time being, not sure, Um from memory, it's around about season eight. Just look for the one called A Christmas Carol. Duh. Yeah. Um, and it is worth – everyone will enjoy this. It is what an hour of wonderful TV. This is interesting then because we're number two and no crossovers, but interestingly, both of our number twos are adaptations of A Christmas Carol. 
Um, <laughs> because I, it's one of the classic stories. I, I read the book every year as well. I, I absolutely it's, it's love it. It's the Christmas story. It There's really the, it just, is. It's, I mean, fuck me, it's oh. Dickens. You know, you can't talk. And it's it's so funny that he, he wrote it for a paycheck, effectively, and yet it oh, is- all his stuff was for a paycheck. Yeah. And yet it is one of the- Iconic Christmas stories, and it, so my and there's been so many adaptations of it. You could throw a stone at your TV and hit an adaptation of this story at yeah. Christmas time. Oh yeah. So mine, of course, is the the most recent uh, with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. It's Spirited. No, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh my God! No, I'm no, ready to quit the fucking podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> it is it is a Muppet Christmas Carol. Where are you? Where are you on the Muppets, Dave? My cocaine. <laughs> where are you on the Muppets? I oh, Who doesn't love who the Muppets? Doesn't? Come on. The Muppets are fantastic, and this movie is—it's the Muppets' best movie. I reckon this is the best Muppets film of yeah, all of them. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. Other people like the original or, or Manhattan or whatever, but I, I reckon that the Christmas Carol is the I'm best. exactly there. I, I like I like a lot of the Muppets stuff. I like the original TV show, but this movie is the best thing the Muppets have ever been involved with. It is so good. Michael Caine as Scrooge is fantastic in that role. It, it tells the story effectively, very faithfully, but just with Muppets, which is fun. Like, like oh, I can't think of a bad thing about this movie. We watch it every Christmas Eve, and we have done well before we had kids. Like, this is just our standard Christmas Eve viewing at this point. You know what's weird? I, I, I love this film. I do. I adore it. Yeah. It is, like I said, it for me, it's the best thing the Muppets have ever done. Um, I love everything about it. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years. Wow. You've got I don't know why. Wow. I don't know why. I don't even think my kids have seen it. It's just for some reason it's just been off my radar. I'm going to have to throw it on. You absolutely should because yeah, it's so good. It's 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 just wonderful. All right. Well, here we, here we are, mate. Hit us with your number one, and I'm very very curious to see if our number one is our. There concept. there was never a question. <laughs> it's literally one of my top ten films of all time. What comes to mind when I say the phrase Zuzu? Yes, yes. Here's our crossover. <laughs> yes. That's right. It's the adventures of Ford Fairline. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, by far the best thing about that film is the, character, the fact there's a character called Zuzu Petals. Um, no, it's it's a wonderful life. Yep. It, it is Capra's masterwork, oh. Jimmy Stewart's finest work and by God, that's saying something because Mr. Smith, you know, whatever. You know, Jimmy Smith's amazing. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Um, it's I, I've adored this since the first time I saw it, um, which was as a very young child, um, and then completely rekindled my love with it through my love of Red Dwarf because David Lister's such a huge fan, and there's the whole plotline in Red Dwarf where he creates a fake universe <laughs> where he gets to live in a version of Bedford Falls, and that. Brought me back to it yep. as, um, I don't know, late teens, early 20s, whatever age I was. And ever since then, I've watched it every single Christmas Eve. It's the last thing I watch after I've finished wrapping the presents. The kids are all in bed. Yeah, um, I've watched the Doctor Who special with my older daughter. She's gone to bed. I can relax. Yep. Everything's done. It's usually about 3 o'clock <laughs> in the fucking morning. Um, yep. But that's when I can crack a whiskey sit back, put my feet up, and that's what goes on. Yeah. And that is that is my end of Christmas Eve every year and has been for 
nigh on 20 years now. Yeah. That, that's also when we watch it, Christmas Eve, once the kids are in bed wrapping presents. Um, long-term listener of the, listeners of the show, yourself included, will know that I only saw this film for the first time three years ago when Topher and I did it for I the did, show. You, you, you did, did, you're you're a full of surprises, <laughs> and I never get never ceases to surprise me when you come out with these fucking uh, left-of-centre crazy statements. And uh, Topher didn't like this movie. He'd never seen it either, and he was not a fan. What? I adored this movie. I loved it so much. Not only do I watch it every year. You have a heart. Topher's dead to me. <laughs> Not only do I watch it every year. I watch it twice every year. I own both the black and white and the colorized version. And I will watch. Oh, my God. I've never seen that. The colorized version is actually beautiful. No. Yes, you have to check it out. It is beautiful. It is like a piece of art within itself. Like All right, so- I'm going to derail you for a second because I do want to hear all of your story about this, obviously, <laughs> because I'm assuming this is your number one. Yes, of course. This is my number okay, one good. as well. Yes. All right. Um, so as a visual effects guy, how the fuck do they do? I mean, I'm assuming it's not all fucking hand painted like it was back in the days when F.W. Murnau was doing Sunrise and shit. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean- Really? Yeah. I, I mean, these days, at least, you could probably track through um, so that you don't have to paint every frame. You could probably do some tweening. But for the most part, yes, it is hand-painted every frame, and that is still by far the best way to colorize. And it is- Jesus, that must- So that, that's the thing. For me as an artist, watching the colorized version has this whole other level of beauty to it where they have- cap- Because, of course, that's the other thing about colorizing. You might not be capturing the colors exactly as they were on set. Like, well, you're guessing, sure. Exactly, yeah. You're guessing by the tones and the hues and kind of your your knowledge of color and color theory, and it is beautiful to watch. I'm telling you right now. I, I know that I understand that there would be a huge percent of the population who would be like, "That's sacrilege." The movie is perfect. Oh no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not in that boat. That uh, the, the fucking weirdo purist <laughs> yeah. thing. Where oh my god, it's not what the artist <laughs> yeah. did. Let's face it. If Frank Capra had had access to making well, exactly. films, they didn't have in 1930 whatever the fuck. Then. He would have fucking made a color film. Yeah. It's not a choice for it to be exactly black and white. Yeah. This. It's not like Sin City. It's yes. not. Yeah. It's not an artistic <laughs> yeah. part of it. So I've got no yeah. fucking attachment to that. Don't care. Um, if it looks good, I'm keen. I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll. In fact, there, it out. there's I- many different colorized versions. I'm actually not sure exactly which one I have, but I believe there's at least three different colorizations of the film. Once, you, once you check it out, I, I want to hear your thoughts because I love both. And like I said, I actually watch both every year. The first time I did it for the show, I watched the black and white version you know, the original to record the episode. And then I said to Noosk, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And we watched it again that year in colorized and it was just stunning. So I do that every year now. I watch both versions and we watch it together. Oh, on, on we you. watch it together on Christmas Eve or wrapping. See, this is why we're friends yeah. because you have the same response to things that I do. Yeah. You responded to Night of the Hunter the same way I did. <laughs> Fucking no one else did. That was um, the origin of the Big Dizzle's big call sound drop. <laughs> it is. I, I, I made that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there you go. That is our top five Christmas films of all time. I love the fact we crossed over at number yeah, one I, and nowhere I, I else. Knew, it's amazing. I knew we, were going we were like two ships heading towards <laughs> yeah. each other and then we, we, we collided at the yeah. star on the top of the Christmas tree. As soon as I wrote my list, I knew that number one was going to be a crossover because I know how much you also love that film. But I, oh, I so yeah, I, I feel sad that I hadn't seen it for the first 30 odd years of my life. And I just, uh, 
I just want to watch it. In fact, <laughs> it's so funny. My local cinema, Dendi, are showing it on Christmas Eve. And I sent- Oh, I, I, I've never seen it on the big screen. I sent the email to News and her response was, we own it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> it's not, it's the, not the same. Okay, sure. We have a home theatre. I get that, News. <laughs> it's not uh, the same. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I would love to see it with an audience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, a, a few of our mutual friends on- um, yes, I've seen that Nick has on, on the countdown chat uh, over in the states. Yep. Uh, 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 there's a, uh, several showings on it. I think it's one in Texas and one in. Uh, yeah, because it's the seventy. I think seventy fifth anniversary a, a, this year. Yeah, there's a few places doing big cinema showings, and I've, I've been watching everyone. Adam Malur, I know he's going, and, and a few other guys have, yep. have posted that they're buying tickets, and I'm so jealous. Yep. I would love to see a big <laughs> yeah. showing of this, particularly in like an one of these sort of event ones, yeah. like an outdoor showing or something where, yeah, everyone's coming together through their love of this film. Yes, um, the atmosphere would just be wonderful. Yeah, the best screening of a film I ever saw, um, and it's it's almost embarrassing to say now, but when The Force Awakens came out, I saw it seven times. Believe it or not. <laughs> Topher and I made a special. How do you feel about that now, <laughs> having seen the second fucking Star Wars film JJ did? Topher and I made a special trip to IMAX to see it, but I'd already. He still thinks it's one of the best things in sliced yeah. bread. Yeah, I, I. It's it's a very good remake of a yeah. new hope. But I had already seen it six times, and I was going to a visual effects conference where people from Lucasfilm were speaking and presenting. Ooh. And okay. and they did a screening outdoors. It was at the Abbotsford Convent in Melbourne. They did an outdoor screening of Force Awakens, followed by a Q and A with some of the lead visual effects artists. And to, oh, to this okay. to this cool. day, it was one of the best screenings I've been to. Oh, well, let me, let's face it: the visual effects are not shit. They're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the writing's fine. Yeah. You know, it, it is exactly what he did with Star Trek. He <laughs> yeah. rebooted it and used ninety percent of the original story and added a few yeah. tweaks and whatever. <laughs> it's it's a good film. It's just not a great film. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> Last Jedi, yeah, Casino aside, <laughs> is a great film. Yeah. And then he did Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> which is the worst <laughs> film ever. Well, there you go. That's our top five Christmas films, and that was that was fun. It was fun to do something a bit different. I'm I'm so pleased that it was we, we were so different. We came yes, and and I'm also pleased that we crossed over as we should on yep. the greatest. So go, and now of all now time. the audience has nine Christmas <clears throat> films to check out, and it's only what the eighth of December. So you got plenty of time to get yeah. through it, folks. <laughs> and I think we we might um, try and put together some links to where you can find this stuff. Yeah, we'll <clears> to make it easier for you to go and watch these things yep. wherever you may reside. Yep. Well, there you go. Next week, we're also not watching a thing. <laughs> no! We're, we're recommending some. Yeah, things. next week is going to be the start of a series called Required Viewing, where we're going to go through our hidden gem television shows, and then we'll come back in, a, in about a month time having uh, watched each other's list. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I've got no idea what you're going to throw yes, at me. Yes, I just, I just hope um, that you haven't seen them because that is the one requirement of being here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm quietly confident. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sort of putting the finishing touches to my little list, but I'm quietly confident I am going to 
bring you some early Christmas joy. Nice. Well, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. And for God's sake, go watch It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) 